Hello and welcome to the Eurovision Rewind Podcast. This is part two of our rewind on the contest of 1973. So if you wanna wanna catch up on what happened in part one, go back, listen to last week's episode. Enjoy. So after Spain was song number eight, we're about halfway through now, and it is Switzerland. This is Je veux me marier Marie by Patrick Jouvet. Je vais me marier Roger et vous quittez toi Frédéric et toi Didier. Ne te moque pas Lucas, pas plus que toi Napoléon ni toi Gola. Je renonce à nos prouesses, à nos nuits de folie et à notre jeunesse qui finit aujourd'hui. Puisque j'aime Marie. This And conductor had style. Sorry. Yeah, that's what I... Oh, actually, I, that was the, my note. My favorite part of this performance was the composer. The conductor. Oh, my I said the conductor was a style icon as well, but I don't remember what he was wearing. Let me... Look at his suit. It was like a black on, or a silver on black. Uh, not paisley, but another kind of intricate, similar... Uh, oh uh, yes, pattern. it's like um, it looks like flowers. His yeah. entire head is surrounded by hair. I love him. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a bowl cut but longer. Yeah, Ella says it looks like um, Abbey Road Ringo. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. I mean, that's pretty funny. Um, it's like a bowl I cut st- mullet. <laughs> like it's a bowl cut, but they let the 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 the, the back grow more. And he has and huge before- bangs. Yeah. Yeah, huge bangs. Uh, before we get to um, discussion of the song, real quick, um, Fun Fact Fjord. Welcome to the Fun Fact Fjord. On this guy's first English language album, he collaborated with Victor Willis, who is the original lead singer of The Village People. Whoa. Ooh. Yeah. Mr. YMCA himself? Absolutely, yes. That's Yeah, fantastic. spoiler, I don't think he deserves that. <laughs> oh, I like this. I'm with you, Quinn. I am with yeah. you entirely. Alice, yeah, do you have my okay. back on this one? <laughs> so we've had all of these arguments with. Uh, no, Allison looks funny there. I've said with one of each of you at different points now. <laughs> yep. All right, Quinn, let's get him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, um, Nolan, you go first. Okay. Uh, I said that there were parts of this that sounded like uh, the Beatles, like. When I say parts, I mean like individual bars or something, um, and that all of it kind of sucked. It was, it was reminiscent to me of a schoolyard tune. Like it felt young and naive, and not in a good way, not in a Serge Gainsbourg way of like exploiting the naivete of youth, you know, because he's weird. Um, but uh, yeah, this this was the first song to me that was clearly going for some kind of audience reaction. He was trying to get the crowd moving. He was trying to do something with it. He was like, there were moments where he would look out or like wave at the audience or do these little laughs right at the end. He did a chuckle and and there was no, no reaction from the audience at all. And it felt cringy. It felt too young and too, uh forced it, it felt like he was forcing charisma um with no return on that charisma and so that just i ah oh, i don't know man it was yeah. not good 
it was not good for me. That goes along very well with what, like, my streak of men who think too well of themselves. I think this guy's a great example. Like, I think he walked up there and thought, like, he was really going to do something with his charisma. And then, like, he couldn't get the reaction, not least because no one was allowed to move in their seats. But he, I wrote, he, he looks like he thinks he's Hugh Grant, like the actor Hugh Grant. But at, like, in 1973, Hugh Grant was 13 years old. So he just looks like he thinks he is a charismatic rom-com British, you know, he just, again, like, I think he's trying to portray something that he's not. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Actually, I, I did think it was kind of, he, like to, in consideration of both of of what both of you said, I think that he seems a little bit too old to be singing a song like this. Is, like you said, Milan, it's very like sing songy and um Yeah, that's the word. That's definitely Yeah. Um and but I enjoyed the song. Like I thought it was catchy and fun, and I think that this year lacked a little bit of catchiness to me. And I think that this delivered on that. Um Yeah, and I think that I did think that he was trying a little bit too hard to be like his his charisma seemed kind of like Storbot, and in this case, Storbot is not fine. And I I thought that the ending with like the na 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 part was a little bit um I don't know not my favorite way to end a song, but um <laughs> I thought this was fun. I think that save for uh, uh, Belgium, there was kind of a lack of songs that were just like fun and catchy and simple. So I liked it for that. Yeah. All right. I I, I understand where you're coming from. I think we're in agreement on this. This isn't like Monaco where like we're still divided. I think we came to an agreement that we just see things differently, but we see what the other sees. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So do you think that this one will be successful? I think it's just a middle. Just sits in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is a, uh, yeah, I'm with Quinn on this one for sure. All right. So after Switzerland was Yugoslavia. This was song number nine, Gori Vatra by Zdravko Cholic. Potential banger. Potential banger about this. Um, not really. I I did some research on him. I I didn't find anything super notable. I think he's kind of deal or was a big deal in like for Yugoslavia and Bosnia, but um, I couldn't find anything super noteworthy. Okay, that's fine. Uh, Quinn, do you want to go first? <laughs> oh, all I wrote was. Killing it in that red suit. Nothing else about him is special to me. <laughs> That's yeah. Like, I, I'm, I love the red suit. I'm done with men that have this look on their faces. <laughs> I, this is this is the first song I think where I completely and entirely agree with your uh, thesis about this year, Quinn. 
Okay, with like the men feeling like they're yeah, they're important. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And I like um, I will extend the, I will extend the olive branch of like I I can see how I might go too hard on that opinion sometimes. But yeah, I think with this guy. This guy it, it really shows shows uh, up front, front and center. Um it starts off with this very groovy guitar intro and then Loved it. and then uh, like a horn accompaniment kicks in and picks up the pace, picks up the drama. Uh, there is just remove his voice from the equation. You get something that's suspenseful. It's dramatic. It's got action to it and movement. And there's like like a, the sex appeal of a spy film, I think. Yeah. And then his voice tramples over that he sings too big he sings with this kind of showmanship about him uh like uh, an undeserved flourish i think um i entirely agree to the point where he drowns out everything that the orchestration was giving him uh and then it doesn't come together again until the second chorus where I, either he comes down or the orchestration kind of picks up in volume, but then something clicks and it starts working as a cohesive whole I, again. But that's that's like right near the end of the song. You know, most of it is him stepping all over the rest of his own song. <laughs> um, Completely. Yeah, yeah, I I'm on the exact same page. I think I love the guitar intro and I loved the orchestration and I think that I like the song. It's just that him as a performer really uh, uh, didn't work for me. I, I, I did, I did see the smugness and I didn't really appreciate it. He had something to say and um, seemed kind of hard headed about it. And yeah, I think that his voice was technically proficient, but there was, he had too much like flourish and mm. yeah, his voice was way too overpowering for this song. And it reminds me of a lot of like musicians and instrumentalists who treat everything that they play like a solo. And it's like your fifth chair, second violin. Stop. <laughs> mm -hmm. Stop like playing this like orchestral piece, like the second violin part is a solo, which is kind of what he's doing. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I like the instrumentation. I love the outfit. Oh, and I just. Fun. It's pretty fun. Um, yeah, it's just a bright red suit, which I appreciate. And I kind of wish that he gave more nuance to this performance. For sure. I do. I really love you. your, like, your orchestra metaphor. I like that a lot. Great, because I have, like, known so many people who are like that. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, Quinn, did you have big thoughts about this? No, I'm, it's been illustrated. I, I agree. Um men too smug stop that's about it um yeah um ellis also kind of feels the same way he says huge voice but i can't tell if it works or not good song and i think good singer suffers from poor recording quality which mm. i think actually oh. might just be because he shouts too loudly into the microphone which i guess if it was better quality it would have been able to pick it up but he shouldn't have been singing that loud in the first place <laughs> I mean, I, pre I would prefer louder than too quiet to hear anything on the recording, which... Very uh, good point. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to. Um, it, yeah, I'm with... I mean, I don't even know what to say. I, <laughs> I don't know where this will go. 
I don't know where it'll go because it was a good song and he kind of ruined it. Mm. I just feel like it won't be in the middle. It'll be towards either end. Uh, yeah, my prediction was that the audience would be much more impressed with him than I was. Interesting. All right. So after Yugoslavia was Italy with song number 10, which was Chi sarà Conte by Massimo Ranieri. Chi sarà Conte? Forse la sua mano stringerà la tua. Chi sarà, sarà, magari emozionato come io con lei. Non parliamo più, io mi avvicino e sfioro le sue Dude, of course, his name man is Crush Monday. What a, <laughs> what a guy. <laughs> he is the heartthrob. Yeah. He's, he's truly the white boy of the week. <laughs> he is white boy of the week. He looks like the guy who played the karate kid, actually. Really? Oh. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Um, oh, I was just watching My Cousin Vinny. I, yeah, yeah. I love that movie. Name? Ralph Macchio. Yeah, he kind of looks like a grown up Ralph Macchio now. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. He looks sort of like um, Michael J. Fox. Mm. Oh, so. that's a good one. <laughs> um, but I basically said that this was a better version of Yugoslavia. Pretty much exactly what I said, too. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's very similar in feel, except it's a little bit more... His performance is more genuine, and the, the song isn't as intense. But... Um, it's still like a, a man ballad, and I think that it's pretty good. I said that um, it was it, it seemed melancholy, but not in a passive way. Kind of like in a powerful, uh, in-control kind of way. And um, yeah, I thought it was a great song that he performed really well. So this was one of my highlights of the night. Yeah, I, I, was, I thought he was still impressed with himself, but much less than the other. Like, I, I still found him appealing. Um... I thought his singing quality was good, um, and his sincerity was good. I also I appreciated the tux. I I kind of like it when the people performing say, you know what, we don't know what to do with risky costumes, so why don't I just wear a nice tux? <laughs> I will say the intro line, and this isn't even like a critique. I don't know why it, I started it out like that. Uh, <laughs> This the intro guitar line of this kind of sounds like some of uh, the Velvet Underground's work, which is pretty, pretty fun, pretty impressive. Um, really? Yeah. Rewind just right like now. The, Hold on. just the very first few notes sounds a lot like some other softer stuff. Have you ever listened to uh, After Hours? I that is my favorite song of all time. Oh, no it's joke. so good! It's I so good. <laughs> It's so fantastic. And that, that kind of intro guitar line reminded me a little bit of that. Um, gotcha. On top of that, he, yeah, I, I just compared this to Yugoslavia as well in my notes. Um, the orchestration doesn't stand on its own. 
and it needs kind of his uh, surety and confidence as a vocalist to kind of bring it to that final stretch. And then it picks up a little bit near the end, and they both support each other in a very good way. And I just think it was really well written, and <laughs> it was good stuff. Very nice. Ellis is also in agreement with this one pretty much. He says, very high quality, very Italy. Not a personal favorite, but it will place well and deservedly so. Yeah, um, I think so. Oh, and I just, I just listened to the guitar bit. It kind of reminds me of um, I'll Be Your Mirror by the Velvet Underground too. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Any, any one yeah. of the kind of softer, uh, softer stuff. Right, yeah, definitely. But, um, yeah, I take it you think this one will do well? Yeah. Yeah. Italy. Italy. Go, go you. Italy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So does that conclude our thoughts? Yeah, let's do it. Oh, Ellis, Italy is the last of his top four. I'm into it. Um, all right. Next is host entry Luxembourg. This is song number 11, which is Tu te reconnaîtras by Anne-Marie David. Um, you might recognize her as the same singer for um, France 1979 with, um, do you remember that song? L'Enfant Soleil. Mm -hmm. I do not. Oh. I said it was a very standard ballad. <laughs> what? I love this one. I, I love this no, one no, no, too. No, 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 the, the yeah. 1979 one. Oh. Oh, you're looking at your notes from 79, I got you, yeah. Yeah. I love this is Luxembourg. Like, this is like the ballad to end all ballads. It is! Oh, she got me. I love her. Oh, uh, completely. It feels like everything I love about it is generic, though. Like, I, I you know, there's not, like, a, a really crazy costume you can point out or, like, crazy lyrics. I just, I think it's really nice. I like the vibe and the, there were so many crescendos. And I love yeah. them all. I thought the backup singers were great. I just, this is top, top four or five for me. Yeah, the, the power and the control that she has is, like, it's amazing. And she tells a story for sure. And I think that that's helped by the, like, the composition, which, like, paces itself well, has good levels. It's kind of catchy, too, like, the chorus. Like, not, like, I mean, it's not really, but, like, you know what I mean? It, it, it's very easily digestible. She looks being. like she knows what she's doing. Oh, she she has soul and conviction down. Yeah. Yes. She's so aware of herself. I would say this is a perfect performance. Wow. 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 What is there to <laughs> fault? I don't... Uh, I, okay, I couldn't find anything to fault, but I didn't give it as high praise as you two did. Fair. I kind of... I thought... I didn't think that all four of us would be completely in love with this song. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not... I don't hate it by any means. I don't even dislike it by any means, but... Uh, it's this song to me feels like it's got the energy to dance in the kitchen to it, you know, with someone that you love, but kind of the comfort and coziness of 
that kitchen being in a log cabin with a fire going nearby. Um, which is to say that I judge this song purely on vibe. <laughs> um, which is unlike any of the other songs that we've listened to so far. So, I'm not saying it's great. I wouldn't even say it's spectacular. I wouldn't say it's spectacular. But it just feels really nice to listen to. If that's a... If that's a, you know strong point for the judges that kind of sense of comfort and familiarity and coziness uh all well also it being fun then then i guess i'm in agreement with the two of you <laughs> um don't hold uh, it in as high regard as we do i think or like yeah, put it as yeah I, high on your list mm-hmm, i think so yeah um i think ellis is more on your page millen he says it's another one that is sung well, but the whole thing is a bit snoozy with good pacing. I wouldn't call it snoozy. I think it's... I wouldn't call it snoozy either. It's slow, but it's, it's, it's rousing, I would say. But, um, but yeah, so what is... How do you think this one will, will do? I mean, easily, easily top half. Yeah. Uh, probably top five, maybe. I mean, you two are giving it like a lot of praise, so I that that inclines me to change my uh, ranking a little bit. Um, I personally would rank this like six or seven, but I feel like it'll be higher than that. How about you, Quinn? It's definitely in my personal top four or five. Um, I would love, I would love for it to be that way, but I, for some reason, I can't get a read on how to predict it. I think it's definitely hot top half, though. All right, so. Coming up next is song number 12. This is Your Summer by The Nova and The Dolls from Sweden. I am blue and I long for your caress. Oh, your breasts are like swallows and nesting. Uh, this entry was chosen over a song by ABBA. Oh, God. <laughs> really? Fun fact, yes. Jord, I hate this song. No, I hate I it so much. I should have prefaced. This is not, this is not fun fact, Jord. This is fact, Fjord. <laughs> Welcome to the fact, Fjord. In Melody Festival in 1973, the song Ring Ring by ABBA came third. I don't know if I know that. Interesting. Wait. It was I like did. a pre it was a pre-fame song, I think. Um yeah, and also strangely, band before Eurovision were, were known as Malta. But understandably they changed their name to avoid confusion with Nation. <laughs> they should have changed and their name to Nova and the Scotias. That would have been good, but then they would have been confused with Nova Scotia. Exactly. No problem. <laughs> Frequent participant in the Eurovision Song Contest, Nova Scotia. <laughs> Slight controversy corner. Some people took abject to the lyrics. Slight cause... controversy corner. This song sucked. Yeah, controversy okay. corner. I am very creeped out by the men who sing it. Yeah, controversy corner. Um, I don't feel safe. But 
your breasts yeah. are like swans a nesting or whatever it was. Yeah, that was what it was. I thought sonically this was fine. It was very like Crosby, Stills and Nash, Eagles, American Radio, early 70s acoustic rock song, but um, creepy. <laughs> Yeah. Um, also, I don't like the line, I'm blue and I long for your caress. I don't like that at all. That's directly before the comparing the breasts to the birds thing. Dude, Ring Ring is fantastic. Why do they ever give this up? <laughs> okay, back to the song. I was so thrown off because most, I mean, except for like Iceland's 2019 entry. Uh, that was just absurd and out of this world and crazy and hate will prevail, you know. Never heard a Eurovision song say this. It just felt so out of place. And that threw me off. And then I was able to actually get back and listen to it. And all of it is terribly written. Like, all of the lyrics. There's no orchestration of any kind that adds any impact to the song. And there's no energy to it. And for a song that says you are summer, you know, it should be like happy and joyous and something that you can listen to in the summertime. And you can't listen to this song ever because it's really, really bad. I feel obligated to say this. Ellis in the chat just wrote Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young Thug. <laughs> that <made me laughs> I laugh. like that. <laughs> um, That's the only distraction I'll allow for my anger over this song. <laughs> but this was the very awesome kind of cowboy southwestern style shirt that I, I mentioned um, earlier. I say what you said to the group chat. Yeah. Did you say you said gay cowboy clothing? Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> that is so accurate. The shirts are great. The men are not. I mean I there your were two <laughs> Your notes are gay two... cowboy clothing and yet they talk about breasts, frowny face. This makes me irrationally <laughs> angry and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> It was just a really bad song. Yeah. I feel like this is a this is the kind of song that like a dad who does drugs can can appreciate. <laughs> and no one else, you know? I if the lyrics were in Swedish, I think I'd like this more. Oh, pr yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. <laughs> like I said, I like I like the sound of it. I thought the sound of it was fine, but also they like, they like kept like looking at each other and like exchanging like sly glances like, I don't know. Vibes maybe they're off. just maybe they're trying to cover something up. Maybe I was right about the gay cowboy clothing, and it was just the seventies. I mean, oh, maybe overkill, but these men think too highly of themselves yet again. So you don't get to look, you don't get to smile like that about this performance. I mean, and there were two women on the stage too. We weren't even talking about them. <laughs> there were three women on the stage. Three? Dang, I miscounted. Yes, well, that's a woman had... erasure right there. Yeah, <laughs> there was nothing going on in this performance that made me want to recognize its good aspects. I'm sure they were there, but I was never invested enough with it or, or engaged enough or interested enough to want to notice those good parts. <laughs> Thing is, I think it's going to do way better than we want it to do. I don't know, man. It was pretty bad. Hmm. Maybe you know something I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. You know I don't cheat. I mean, I... no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying maybe like, maybe you have a, a sense of the 1973 judges that I do not have. I feel like in the 70s they were far more enamored with 
fake saccharine happiness than we are today you know for whatever mm-hmm. reason like watergate was still happening they had you know they were after the commies they had no reason to be but they like for some reason performances like this were all over the place in america when, too what there is a performance that i think i should show you it's from, from 1975 the... year, oh. 1975 year remember wait millen do you remember um like the i don't know he was wearing that weird macrame sweater, and he was like... Oh, vaguely, yeah. It was called, like, Happy Song or something. Oh. It's, like, the exact definition of, like, an overly saccharine song whose point is entirely to make you happy, and it's kind of amazing, but also could easily be very off-putting. That's the thing, is, like, I'm not emo, I'm not goth, I've never been... I just listen to the Mountain Goats, you know? I just... It's not even that. It's like the point of the song is like acknowledging that you are unhappy and then telling you you should be happy. That's the, and I hear, like, I think that's what you're talking about is that's what I really dislike. Right. It's invalidation in a song. God damn it. Can I say something? I would be fully down with skipping the two songs between this song and Cliff Richard, but (laughs) for completion (laughs) is to say we're not gonna. Yeah. But we're done with Sweden, right? Hated it. Disgusting. Throw yeah. it in the trash. Throw it in the trash. No more uh, no more Nova. Yeah, also, we the don't... The dolls can stay, but barely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're on thin ice, those dolls. All right, Netherlands. Oh. Let's... Oh, my God. What a fantastic place oh my to God, visit. Dude, okay, the so Netherlands. This is... <laughs> no. This is song number 13. Wait, did we talk about... You said that this would do bad. Okay, anyway, this is song number 13, The Uda Musikant by Ben Kramer from the Netherlands. And before we get into it, we're going to talk about Fun Fact Yard. Welcome to the Fun Fact Fjord. Alright, so um, this guy was on a season of Dutch Celebrity Big Brother in the 2000s. Oh my god, what? <laughs> Which, how far did he why? get? I didn't care to notice. Um, also, <laughs> the song was written by Pierre Kartner, who wrote the theme song for the Smurfs and the Eurovision what? 2010 entry for the Netherlands. What? That's such an uh, insane uh, resume you got going on there. That is an insane resume. And uh, this song was stupid. I don't know, man. Like, so, first of all, this is the only song that we're like, the beginning of the song, the lights went down, and I was like, oh, it's going to be dramatic and good. But then it was just this weird, annoying circus melody and an accordion that isn't present that much, but just present enough that um, it's annoying, but it's not fully incorporated to the song to the point that like it's a thing that you can enjoy. His vocal was impressive, but this song was just not it for me. This song was really odd, I'll say. 
I yeah. I think Jonathan, you mentioned merry-go-round music earlier. That's exactly yeah, what this was. This sounded yeah, yeah cartoony, carnivaly. Um, it was really weird that the lights were off. Uh, I don't know. It was just a very odd vibe. <laughs> yeah, everything basically turned black and white when the lights went down too. I did not like it. Also, like I don't have much against this style of shoe for the seventies, but I didn't like them on him. The 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 big heel sort of plastic type of boot. Mm. Also, I think it's safe to say that this is the most seventies hair of the night. Curly, chunky bang in the front, and then just it's a mullet, pretty much. But just upsetting. But it's kind of like really... that. Uh, sorry. Oh no no go for it. It's kind of like that conductor that we liked before, except we dislike this guy and we like that conductor. Well, yeah, because he had like the good outfit, and he like he 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 was aware. This guy, I don't know. Yeah, for no, the I... other guy, it was a style, and for this guy, it's just him. My notes for this one were. This is, I mean, okay, I was wrong about Ferris wheel, I will admit. I use that word way too frequently in my notes. Um, they were pretty brief, so I think it's fine. <clears throat> I hope the lights off are intentional. I think they are. This is Ferris wheel music. He's got a four-inch wide purple bow tie and singing a Ferris wheel song, and you're laughing? <laughs> <laughs> I can't yeah, take it seriously. Ridiculous. It was weird. <laughs> I don't even know what... Can you even fathom how this one might do in terms of results? Really, I have no clue. I don't think I want to know. I feel like if I ever learn where this one goes, I will. It'll lose an element of mystery, and you know. <laughs> should we just not find cool. out? I think we should skip. Uh, well, okay. If we skip this one, <laughs> well, we have to skip all of them then. But yeah, which we're not doing. But. <laughs> This relies on a, like a mystique, which, yeah, 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 low tier, all around. Did you say low tier? Yeah, I thought it was low tier for me, and then I don't, yeah, yeah, I okay. don't necessarily I think, I think, I think the the judges um appreciated either. Yeah, Alice did not like this one really either. I think he's pretty much in agreement with us, which is good. So after the Netherlands was song number fourteen, which came from Ireland, which was "Do I Dream" by Maxi. My darling, tell me, do your arms unfold me? Did you say you love me only? Is it true or am I a dream? Has this cloud a silver lining? Will the sun be always shining? Darling, do I dream? And before we talk about this, we have Controversy Corner and we have Fun Fact Fjord. So... Welcome to the Fun Fact Fjord. Firstly, Maxi, before Eurovision, was a member of a group called Maxi, Dick, and Twink, which is perhaps the worst band I've ever heard in my life. That was insane. Three Irish Catholic girls singing in a girl group called Maxi, Dick, and Twink. What is that? <laughs> Where did that Dick from? come from for a girl, though? I, uh, let's... I have no idea. Do we just... Okay, Richard, cool. Yeah, this is my girlfriend, Richard. No, um... Wait, let me do some investigative journalism. I'm also looking it up now. Maxi oh, Dick, and Dick was Twink. Barbara Dixon. Oh. Why was Twink Adele King? That has nothing to... 
And why was Maxi Irene Macabre? What a... Oh, I actually read about that because her name is like Mick Kubri. So like Mick C and like people will call her Mick C, which is like Maxi. I don't know, man. That's kind of a cop out. It's a big stretch. And I think that she made that up. But anyway, in addition to that, there was drama. Controversy Corner. The Irish broadcaster insisted that Maxie make certain changes to her song, but she refused. And because of this, they flew out an entire other singer named Tina Reynolds to take her place at the last minute, only giving uh, Tina the flight to Luxembourg to learn the lyrics. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so then on the morning of the contest, um, Ireland was told that Tina could not participate because she lacked proper accreditation and security clearance. So their only options were to let Maxie perform or um, withdraw entirely. So they submitted themselves to Maxie's requests and Tina watched Eurovision from her hotel room that night and fl- promptly flew back to Ireland the next day. <laughs> Poor Tina. Yeah. Yeah, well, she ended up going to Eurovision the next year. So. Oh, nice. Oh, well. Good Sounds for her, like but... Um, but yeah, that kind of was uh, an unfortunate situation for her. <laughs> and also all that for this song that's not very good. I, I liked it. I thought it was cute. I thought it was Bargain Bin Carol King. That's an amazing that. rhyme, I would just like to say. <laughs> or maybe not rhyme, but something. Wait, what was it? it sounded um, like you said Bargain Bin Carol King. Oh. <laughs> I was like yeah. really entranced by her dress as soon as she, and her makeup as soon as she came out. And I was so disappointed that the music didn't live up to the, to the dress and the makeup. I said the dress was distractingly ugly. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's pretty. I just think it's great. Yeah, I think no, it's, I, I think like, it's a I cool like, dress. Whenever, like, I'm like, oh, this outfit is hideous. This outfit is awful. Like, I like every single time. I love it just because of how ridiculous it is. Like, this is hideous, but I'm kind of obsessed with it. You know, saying all I'm saying is like, I I wanted so badly for it to be a good performance because clearly, like, actually, the vibe of this dress is Barbie Mariposa. Great movie. Wonderful film, cinematic history. Oh, okay. In which, Bar- in which Barbie is a butterfly. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, do we have anything to say about this one? I don't know, man. Why did you like no. this one, Miller? I, I mean, I clearly liked it more than you. It reminded me a lot, like a Christmas song. Like, have you ever heard the Carpenter's version of Sleigh Ride? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty much... Uh, note for note, lots of similarities. Hmm. However, I really like Christmas music, so I did enjoy this song. <laughs> I thought the orchestration was nice and upbeat and cute, and I don't know. I, I think "cute's" the best word for it for me. You can see that. I don't have many more comments on it. Will "cute" be enough for this one? Do you think? I think no. Ireland will <laughs> be enough for it to at least do somewhat well. Honestly, you have a point. Yeah, I think she's maybe like high middle. Okie dokes. So we only have three songs left and third to last on the night was the United Kingdom's Cliff Richard with Power to All Our Friends, song number 15. Power to the boys who played rock and roll Made my life so sweet And to the girls I knew before The most I've yet to be to all our friends, to the music that never ends. 
And we have to talk about Cliff Richard. This is the greatest. What? I said, are you familiar? No, I am not. I wasn't either until I like started watching Eurovision. And Cliff Richard is apparently one of the biggest British artists of all time. He has sold over 250 million records worldwide, making him one of the most commercially successful artists in the history of the world. I find that very surprising. He is also the third highest selling artist in the UK charts history behind only Elvis and the Beatles. Wow. He is considered by many to be the first mainstream British rock star with his band The Shadows, which represented the UK in 1975 on their own during the late 50s and the early 60s. He had 14 UK number one hits and is the only singer to have had UK number one hits in five consecutive decades. Uh, also notable about I'm this. I'm proud is, of him. Me too. And um, 23.54 million British viewers tuned into the contest this year to watch him. Uh, and that meant that um, Eurovision was the number one show in terms of viewership for the entire year. And also, this is the 18th most viewed television program of all time in the UK. Dude, go him. He's clearly he's putting in the work as an as a performer. Yeah, and this song um, did pretty well. It charted all over Europe. Um, it was number one in the UK, I think. It charted in Asia, Asian countries, and um, came in at 109 in the US. Respect, uh, man, with a song like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say, like, I, I was completely taken aback like that. I felt like I knew nothing about music history, but I still don't like the song. Well, no, but that, I feel like he didn't... Also, I second that, whoa. But I think that he, like, did not really, like... He's not very popular in America, I feel. Okay. Like, I feel like no one in America has heard of him. You know what I mean? But somehow he has... Not somehow. Um, he he apparently has, like, huge success overseas, which is interesting. But um, I like this a lot. I love this song. Same. Quinn, I think you should start. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, I have to look back now. So we remember this was, like... My deal with this is that it is a very happy-go-lucky song again. And, like, it didn't make me feel happy-go-lucky, so I thought it was just trying to force me to feel a certain way. I I also felt that the song a little bit was trying to get me to join a cult. That was just the vibe I felt. I did not know what he was doing with his legs ever, ever, ever with his legs. Um, and, like, it, the lyrics didn't appeal to me at all. Like, the power to all our friends thing, like, it just... It, I, I actually kind of... I know that you guys might be right, but I need to... Like, I need you to explain to me very detailed what about this song like even from a rhythmic standpoint it doesn't really appeal to me so what's what's the deal i i think the lyrics were creative they were fun they told a story in a way that a lot of other eurovision songs don't do um ellis just wrote yeah the lyrics were some hot trash (laughs) (laughs) they were i don't know they were hot trash sure but also it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. <laughs> power it to the pretty. stone. Power. The old woman's making wine. Power to the vines. Come on, man. That's good stuff. To me, this felt like it should be in every kid show ever, which maybe isn't a good thing for a Eurovision song, but it's a good thing for me personally. Like it, it was cheesy and it was, I think, self-aware and it made me happy. And I don't think it was trying to make me happy in that same way. Sure, it's got that message of positivity and whatever, but it also 
is like I think it, it's funny more than anything. Mm. Yeah, I thought that one was very joyful. Ellis brings up an interesting point. So in his notes, <laughs> so basically I think what Ellis is saying is that he keeps saying power and he keeps putting his hand up in the air almost in a fist, which um, is a bold choice for Cliff Richards, the white man. And yeah, he says that it is so close to being a song about labor solidarity. So I think that that is strange and not something that I noticed, but um, something that I thought <laughs> should be brought up. Uh, I thought this was fun. It put a smile on my face. Um, it was very, I think, like contemporary in terms of sound. I thought that Cliff was genuinely... Um, oh, first name basis. Oh, yeah. we're Cliff and I, we're, we're bros. We, we go way back. <laughs> but um, I think that he has genuine charisma, unlike a lot of the male performers that we've talked about. I think that he's very charming and uh, does his terrible dancing in a very endearing and fun way. Yeah. Also, without he, great. He and Massimo are, I think, like the best uh, male performers of the night. Or of, of the show. Um, yeah, agreed. And Massimo's was everything that you want out of a Eurovision performance. It was, you know, technically skilled. It was impactful. It was, it was powerful. And this is everything that you want out of a Eurovision performance in that it was fun and it was kooky and it was referent- like self-referential in a way. And it was a little bit of a meme entry. And I think it's okay with being a meme entry. Okay. Yeah, I think that like, Cliff is like entirely aware of what Eurovision is and like what this is. Like he's like not like he's taking it like seriously in the sense that like he's trying and like he's giving a good vocal and like he cares, but also he gets that this is like not serious and very funny, you know? And he's yeah. probably approaching it with the whole I know I'm already very famous vibe. Yeah. Um, that's a that's a good that's a good call. And like if we're talking about the 70s, I guess I'll say this. I think I don't love this, but I think maybe if you guys have seen that 70s show, the show, I think in some ways I'm appearing like Stephen Hyde, who watches, who like in the show watches all of these like disco shows and um, like happy-go-lucky 70s sitcoms with his friends and is very negative about them. I I think maybe I'm just being negative about happy-go-lucky things, which says more about me than it does about Cliff Richards. All right, so we've seen... The UK gets second place a lot. Do you think that this one will be as bold as to be first or not even in that ballpark or what? I feel like it's maybe not second place, but it's going to get a for once deserving very high spot. Yeah, I think it'll get a very high spot too. Although maybe you disagree with the deserving. <laughs> no, no, no. I actually, I had written like it's still top, top seven, top five for me. I think he did a good job. I just don't vibe with the actual vibe of the song. I, I think the performance okay. was good in quality. All right. Nice. Yeah. Lovely. All right. So two songs left. Second to last song of the night was from France. This was Sans Toi by Martine Clemenceau from, for, oh, I already said she was from France. Song number 16. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
This was awful. This was so bad. <laughs> this was so it, bad. And it's like, out of the many French language songs this year, France, the originator of the French language, sent the by far the worst one. Yeah, Jonathan and I are clearly in the same boat here. Quinn, Ellis, what did you think? I didn't. I think I skipped through a lot of it, actually. I just, I didn't. Enjoy, it wasn't even exciting in a way that I could dislike, you know? Like, I, I didn't watch all through it to be, to, you know, find ways to dislike it. I just, it was boring. Not fun. I'll pull up my notes for this one. Yeah. <laughs> it looked like she was in pain. <laughs> you thought she was like, in she pain? Really, she looked really uncomfortable performing. Like, I don't know. Um... And also, she kept whispering. Not like whispering. Yeah. Like, her voice was super soft, and she kept staring at the camera with a lot of desperation. And she had no eyebrows, which I guess is fine, but it was a little bit shocking at first. Um, and yeah, I, I didn't like her voice. Her stage presence made me uncomfortable, kind of. Um, nothing about this stood out to me at all. <laughs> the last time I was on, there were so many ballads, and then I came to this episode, and there were almost none. And so we were nearing the end, and then it finally, I was like, oh, good, a, a, a woman with a ballad. This makes sense to me in Eurovision. Then it fell flat. Yes, it, really, did. it It did not do what it was meaning to do. I'll read my notes for this one. <clears throat> Something is wrong with the recording. This feels like it was written for Eurovision by a deranged art student who hasn't slept in four days, but is also conflict-diverse. Something is just unsettling enough about it, especially the use of quiet notes that aren't picked up at all over broadcast to throw the listener off. Contrasting with her oddly strained notes during the chorus, it's like the bones of a song wearing the skin of a song that doesn't fit right. (laughs) That was beautifully put. Thank you. (laughs) And I think that being said, overall, I think this was... Full package of the worst song of the year. Worst oh, performance. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> and there were songs that I liked like l- less than this, but I just this is <laughs> Mama, this is garbage. <laughs> this or Monaco for me. <laughs> but we oh, won't honestly, get into like, she was Monaco. Let's not go back to that. But she was spunky though. She had like stage presence. That's true, she had that's a good true. outfit. She mattered. This song does not yeah. matter. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, okay. Wow, Millet. <laughs> Ellis just said, Millen, you wank pheasant. <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment or an insult, but I'll take it as a compliment. Yeah, what are you... I don't even know I, what I, I Ellis is referring to. I think it's absolutely not compliments. <laughs> oh, oh, is, is he talking Monaco about Monaco again? again? <laughs> yeah, it's about Monaco, I think. We should stop talking about Monaco. I don't think we should do that anymore. <laughs> well, if we're getting to a point where Millen and I say in unison, is this about Monaco again? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, this has to. Is it like bottom of the barrel? For, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, sucked. Absolutely. Yep. Trash. Okay. So closing out the show was Israel's debutante entry. It was Aisham by Ilanet. Just to give some background about what Israel was doing at Eurovision. 
So this singer got an offer to represent Germany at Eurovision in 1972, but she looked into the rules and realized that um, Israel, which is where she was originally from, was eligible to participate. So she got in contact with the Israeli broadcaster and they ended up making something work for the next year. She ended up coming back to Eurovision in 2019 to perform this song during the opening ceremony, if you remember. Oh, I do not remember that. It was in between. So like, you know how like they had the um, like the flag thing and everyone like walked in? Yeah. They had like Donna International like sing something and then they went back to it and then they had her sing her song and then they went back to it. Oh, cool. Yeah, I thought this was pretty nice. I liked it. It was solid. This was everything. France's was just off in a way that was really unsettling. This was France done right. <laughs> I, it ranks yeah. highly for me. This is like, I think like the most, like almost like one of the most like straightest ballads of the night. And I think that it's very well executed. Yeah, no, yeah. no complaints. I like it a lot. I think weirdly, I know that she was originally going to perform for Germany and this was like the new, like the, it kind of just so happened that Israel got to come. But this is a very blonde, somewhat Western European looking woman performing for Israel's very first performance in Eurovision in the same year that Israelis were held held captive at a different international competition. And I, like, there's something a little bit resonant about that. Do you know what I mean? I think so. I think I get what yeah, you're saying. You're saying that like, this is kind of like a white normative, for lack of a better word, like kind I, of representation of Israel. A little bit. I mean, I'm Safe not like, I, I don't, I don't really. Yeah, I think contextually, yeah, a, like it, it does. Yeah. It's actually not that deep, you know, like she was going to perform for Germany anyway, and she got to perform for Israel and all this. But like, it is a little bit interesting, um, especially because like okay. Israel, Israel does go on to have like, you know, yeah, I don't want to say it this way, but like yet more Jewish, like uh, not even that because Jewish people look and come and look in all different shape sizes and ethnic groups. But obviously, if we're going to say it like that, then if Jewish people and Israelis come from so many places and look so many ways, it is kind of interesting and worth noting that um, Israel's first ever entry is a, you know, is a blonde, somewhat Western European Anglo-Saxon person. I actually don't know her history at all, so I shouldn't judge her. She was born in Tel Aviv after her parents migrated from Poland. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, then I actually like cut all of this out. Then I'm just being <laughs> stupid. No, I, I mean, like, yeah, I, I, I understand what you're saying, though. Yeah, but, and like, I like uh, what I maybe first entry, also... Israel chose like a very like European, quote unquote, and like kind of like safe representative. Right, and they also they didn't choose someone who looked stereotypically. European Jewish, they also didn't choose a Sephardi or Mitzrahi or Ethiopian Jew, which they probably wouldn't have done in 1973 anyway, but it did happen. Yeah, but um, I mean, I don't know. In terms of the song, I think it's like, there isn't much to talk about just because pretty simple and basic, but not in a bad way. So I think this is just really well done, but also just really simple, which is good. And I think that like, songs like that definitely have a place especially if they're this well done so yeah those are my thoughts yeah yeah her dress is fun 
I her dress is fun. I don't remember her dress. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> weird how much controversy talking about this is brought up, given how uncontroversial the song is. Yeah, yeah, right. I feel like... Yeah, yeah. It's very it's safe, like... it's very welcome, it's well done, no complaints. The song of the night. Yeah, for sure. Which I guess makes sense, because as we established, Israel being in the Eurovision contest in and of itself wasn't entirely quote-unquote safe, whatever that means. So it makes sense that they were kind of trying to ease into things without creating much of a disturbance, which again, I'm probably not articulating that in the best way, but you know what I mean? Do you think that um, Israel's first entry will be a success for them? Yeah, I think so. Probably. I mean, this is like, honestly, this isn't my, my personal top five. Just because there's nothing, there's nothing that I can say was wrong about it, and I enjoyed it. In a, in a better, in a stronger way than Luxembourg. Oh, more than Luxembourg. Okay. Mm, well, I, I enjoyed it more than Luxembourg. I don't know if it'll play. Right, right, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And then Quinn, how do you think this one will do? I mean, it was just good. I liked it. I liked her. Um, I think it's kind of in the middle for both me and for the for the judges. All right. So we have come to the end. We made it. So we only have two more things left to do on the podcast. First of which is to find out the results. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. So as we are known to do, we have predictions of first place and last place. Yeah. What do you think will be first and what do you think will be last? I hope that last place is either, yes, Sweden or France. Mm-hmm. Mm, I hope that France is last place. In first place? Dude, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, I have to look back over all of it right now. <laughs> I quite liked Spain. That was up there for sure. I mm-hmm. quite liked UK as well. Actually, that's about where I am. I think, like, I want Spain to win. I think it's decent chance that either Spain or the UK won. Really? Not Luxembourg? You were giving that high praise. I mean, where is Lu- <laughs> Where I don't remember anything. Um. Oh, I loved... I loved Luxembourg. Um, yeah. I think she's probably, uh, yeah, that's in terms of uh, like horse racing. If I were to have like a th- uh, my top three, it would be like Luxembourg, UK, and Spain, but you could like switch them out interchangeably. Gotcha. That's called uh, a box bet. Fun fact. Yes. Fun fact short. Um, <laughs> Ellis has just. Yes, Ellis has just said Monaco or Norway number one, which is what he that's in his heart of hearts. But his prediction is Italy or Spain for the win and Finland last, which is bold. That is bold. Finland. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> um, I think Ellis. Yeah, I think you're a little bit biased about Finland being last, but that's fine. Yeah. Are we ready to find out what last place really is? Yes. Belgium. Wow. Really? But the I was most... expecting it to be low, but not that low. It was so popular. That's... Uh, oh. I love Belgium. I don't know what was wrong. Yeah. They just weren't it... ready. They they were ahead of the time. <laughs> this was ahead of its time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it kind of was, though. <laughs> I think so, too. Yeah. All right. Are we ready for 15th place? There's a tie for second last. Oh, let's do it. And it was between... France. Oh, hey. And 
Yugoslavia. Oh, eh, eh, that's fine. It was not well done. But that's pretty low. <laughs> yeah, and I yeah, predicted really he would do better. I didn't like him, but I predicted he would do better. Mm -hmm. Alright, 14th place with 69 points. Nice. Netherlands. Okay, I'm happy with that. That was a bad song. It was. <laughs> Creepy dude. Yep, one of many. All right. <laughs> 74 points in 13th place. We had Italy. Whoa. Really? Yeah. That's so yeah. low. I know. Poor Ralph Macchio. Poor Ralph Macchio. He deserves better. He did. All right. 12th place. 79 points. Switzerland. Let's see. Uh, yeah, it's okay. I didn't. I didn't like that one. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, that was the part. That was the one where I only liked the composer. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. All right. Tie for ten. Actually, going Ooh. to the top ten. We're actually, That's pretty quick. Yeah. So we're in the top ten now. I was gonna do a recap, but we've only gone through six songs, so it's like kind of pointless. So every song that we haven't mentioned <laughs> is still up for grabs. So in tenth place, the first one with eighty points was Ireland. I mean, that's pretty much where you guys thought it would be. I, I yeah. I think it could yeah. have gone a little bit higher, but I'm not. I'm not upset. Yeah, I'm fine with that. All right. Also, <laughs> tenth place with eighty points was Portugal. Hmm. I will have to go check what Portugal was. Did to do. Oh yes, it like was. It was camera. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he was trying to mansplain something. Yeah. Yeah. All right, eighth place. Another tie with 85 points. We have ties. Yeah. Lots of ties. A lot of points to go around, so I guess it makes sense. We had Monaco. <laughs> oh. Okay. I'm glad. That's like the perfect middle point almost. Exactly. You wanted them to be straight at the bottom, so that's fine. <laughs> I did want them to be straight at the bottom. All right, sharing eighth place, we had Germany. Oh, to the John Cena out. intro. Oh, yeah. I, was, I yeah, kind of yeah. forgot that. You said that, yes. Mm. I said they would be high middle, so I'm cool with that. I think yeah. that should have been... I think that could have been lower, but... I whatever. agree not. <laughs> All right, seventh place, 89 points. Norway. Too I liked high. it. Ha ha ha. I'm happy with that. Yeah. All right. Sixth place with 93 points was... Finland. Uh, no. <laughs> Alice was way off with that one. He was yeah. way off. Oh boy. Alright, top five. And in the top five, we have Sweden, Luxembourg, Sweden. UK. Yeah, Sweden, Luxembourg, UK, Spain, and Israel. So Israel was in the top five in its first ever. That's cool. Yeah, it is. I wonder if anybody voted with Israel out of solidarity. And like, what? Well, you know what? This is your first show. So things are happening internationally. We'll vote for People you. People were taking your contestants hostage before. We all had to sit down. <laughs> Israel's going to win. Ooh, Ellis with the shift. Ellis, yes. Hmm. I disagree. I don't think that's Yeah, true. I don't think so. I, not with the UK doing what it was doing. Maybe. <laughs> all right. Fifth oh, place. Spain, I think Spain outclasses them. Yeah, exactly. 
Sweden was in fifth place. No. That's too, that's Very way too it. high. That is But I did high. say that I thought people would like it. Um, but that was way too high for them. Mm-hmm. All right. So basically, like, the, the four front runners that you guys identified are pretty much the top four. Yeah. Nice. Which doesn't always happen, but yeah, no. so fourth place with 97 points. Are you ready? Let's do it. Israel. Hey, hey. That seems deserving. Yeah, I agree. And with a two-point difference between three and two. Yeah, it was, it was tight up there. For sure. In third place, with 123 points, we had... Cliff. Cool. Cliff. <laughs> so we're between... I'm so proud of you, Cliff. Spain and Luxembourg. I want Spain yeah. to win so bad. I... Yeah, of these two, I think Spain deserves it more. Yeah. Okay. So in second place, the moment of truth. It was Spain. <laughs> Didn't, shouldn't That's get. fine. Luxembourg was great, too. Yeah, okay. So that means that Luxembourg did win. Wow, impressive. Wait, two in a row. They did win on home soil. Yeah. Oh, nice. So they're going to have another one. Um... Like the, in 1974, they hosted two. Uh, they actually didn't. Oh. Were they like um, too poor? Luxembourg is absolutely not too poor, but um, I don't remember why they didn't. I just remember that 1974 was in the UK. Okay. So that's one that Apple had. Yeah. <laughs> so how many points do you think that this song won by? Not many. It's uh, tight margins all the way through. Like the difference between the last and. <laughs> Uh, I guess second is just just more than double. So not that many points is the consensus. Yeah. Oh, wow. Shit, I mean, really? <laughs> really not that many points. But yeah, they um won by four points, one twenty nine. That's impressive stuff. Yeah. Yeah, this scoreboard is kind of upsetting to look at just because it's so filled. Like I can't even like extrapolate any information from this. <laughs> Yeah, this means nothing to me. Yeah, this it's is, like a... I mean, let's look at the tens then, I guess. Yeah, okay, so um, Luxembourg and Spain got three tens each, and then the UK got two of them. Dang. All right. Belgium has an unknown jury member. Wow, actually, a lot of these are unknown. How do you not we know? <laughs> we don't even know who our, um, who our electoral college is, so... Good point. That's good a good point. point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, the Interval Act this year was a French clown whose name escapes me at this moment. But I don't even know what this was. So he comes out in a full-length dress and clown makeup and clown nose. The biggest wig I've ever seen in my life. Big wig. The wig Uh, itself is a clown nose. And then just, like, makes the wig itself as a clown nose. Um, And then she just makes, like, guttural noises into a microphone. I mean, there's some, like, slapstick comedy thing before that. Oh, yeah, with the piano player, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, like, slap each other, and they, yeah. So weird. It was so absurd. And the audience nobody response. (laughs) Nobody made a noise. That was the best part. Like, they clapped at the end, obviously, but, like, no one knew what to make of that, really. Like, look at them. They look terrified. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, they have to sit and, like, only three of them are showing up in color. Super weird. That's very true. They're in black and white over here, but 
their faces are in color for some reason. Um, yeah, so I think that just about does it for Eurovision 1973. What a wild year. Although, like, the the last time I was on here, we did 98, and, like, there, to me, there's nothing more wild than what happened in 98. It was wild. Yeah, this was so... Because this has been my only two episodes, this has been so much tamer to me. Yeah, definitely, but I, I had fun. Thank you for joining us, Quinn. Of course, yeah, thank, thank you, you so much for having me again. I really appreciate it. Yeah, so there's just one more thing to do, and that's decide next week's edition that we will be covering. Oh, let's do it. We're going to get the Tupperware of Destiny out. What kind of year are we hoping for? I say maybe like 2000s. Yeah. I've been having a lot of fun with the kind of more recent ones. So yeah, I think 2000 sounds great. Yeah, I love the more recent ones, but we do have to try to go for more. There are less of them, and so we will run out of them quicker. We haven't done an '80s one in a while. Yeah, um, 1968. I don't really want to do 1968 because we've been doing a lot of '60s and '70s recently. Is that all right with you? Yeah, let's go. Let's go for. I don't know. One more, two more pulls, and if it's in the '80s, we keep it. And if not, then it's the second poll. <laughs> 1960, I'm not doing that. <laughs> um, 1958, no. <laughs> Maybe I should just choose one, honestly. Like, just. It would be funny if you just chose it, but you acted like you had pulled it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, what a surprise. You want Reality do TV. You, so you want to do 2020? Else is like, you want to let's not do 2020. You sure? I have yeah. a format for that. <laughs> let's treat ourselves. <laughs> Ellis, don't that's you want to be the don't you want to be fully active for 2020? Actually, no, yeah, that's a good point. I yeah. want to good, good yeah, actually, no, never mind. I, I want to talk about a little big um, <laughs> 2007. Is that can we get into that? Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, a height of Fallout Boy popularity. Let's get into it. Oh, yes. Is that good for everyone? That sounds great. Is that the Lordy All right, so next year? week, we'll be talking about 2007. That's either Lordy or Verka, about. isn't it? Sorry. It's either Lordy one or, or one Vertex. Else? It's either Lordy or Verka, right? Hard Rock what? Hallelujah. John, didn't Wait. Lordy win 2007? Where is Ellis typing this? No, no I'm no, talking. He's talking in real life. Can what? I can't hear me? What the oh shit? Oh, God. I can hear you just fine. He Aww. says, didn't Lordy win in 2007 with Hard Rock Hallelujah? That was the year before. Ah, shit. So it was Verka then. Verka Serduchka was 2007. Oh! oh! This is a good one then. I'm very excited. Dancing! I'm going to be uh, gumming my way through that one because no way am I missing right. the opportunity. So, um... Okay, never mind. <laughs> Sorry, am I... Yeah, you just talked over him a little bit. Ellis said he's going oh, to be dumbing I, his way through that one. I don't know why. It's weird. That is weird. What did he said he's going to be gumming his way through that one because there's no way he's not going to talk about Verica. Oh, exciting. Okay. Looking forward Let's to it. Go. Yeah, so see you guys next week for 2007. Woo. And we hope you will tune in for that next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Eurovision Rewind podcast. You can find us on social media on Instagram at Eurovision underscore rewind, as well as 
checking out our website, which is vocabgumbo.com, where you'll find all the archive episodes of Eurovision Rewind, as well as our other shows from Vocab Gumbo, and also a link to our Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash vocab gumbo, where if you like the show a lot and you want to contribute some money and help us cover the costs, you can do that there as well. Thank you so much for listening. Get excited for Ukrainian drag queens with sequins and stuff. Next week, it's going to be a party.